Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello. <laughs> Welcome <clears throat> to your next um, session of uh, getting relations going and being able to see through people. (laughs) Today is um, October 14th, 2018. It is uh, 4.30 exactly. And um, me and Eric, it's Eric's call. And uh, what else? Um, uh, I just want to brag that today is four days before my birthday and how was Sanji's birthday? Oh, yeah. I'm going there tonight. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. You, you moved the date, the time, so that you could uh, see it. Totally forgot. Yeah. All right, cool. Awesome. Give my love. I hit him with a. I hit him with a Facebook happy birthday, but still. Yeah. Um, you know, tell him I said that directly, so he'd get it twice. Sure. But, you know, happy birthday is twice as twice as nice. You know. So, yep. There you go. All right. So. Um, <clears throat> Anything you want to say about uh, life in general, relationships, since we last talked? Well, I could tell you about TYS. All right, good. Yes. All right. So, what do I want to say about TYS? I discovered uh-huh. there where I stopped sharing. Ah. Or when I stop sharing, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, uh, it happened in first grade in the school play that I was in. And between scenes, we had to change the scenery. And we were supposed to be quiet so no one could hear us. And I went up to the teacher and said, hey, this, this hat's making my head sweat. And she said, shh, be quiet. And in that moment, something's wrong here. People might hear me yep. if I speak up. Mm. So I better be quiet. Mm. Yeah. Between that and the girl looking at you, giving you a hard time for looking at her. Yeah. It's been real hard. Yeah. So I realized, like, I've always, I guess after that, always whispered, like, like uh, like when me, my dad would take me and my brother over to his house for the weekend, um, me, and him, me and my brother would whisper to each other in the back seat. Like even if we were fighting, we'd be whispering. Mm. So everything's about don't, don't let anyone hear. Yeah. Don't be bothering people. Yeah. It, yeah, they, okay. they shouldn't hear. So... After that, I got up to the front of the room and shared twice. Wow, nice. Yeah, which I'd never done before. Mm. Nice. So, so, yeah. There's more to tell. No, yeah, go ahead, man. Come on. Yeah. Um, so... 
during uh, this course, they do a uh, be with be with exercise every session. Ooh, nice. Yeah. And it was nice for me to to see that uh, it was it was not at all like it was when I did it back in 2014 in the advanced course. Mm -hmm. Like this time, it led, back then it was like panicking, and this time it was like peaceful. Like I could be with the person, and, and I even found myself wondering what wonder what the other person is thinking. Mm. So I got up and shared that, and so there's this one girl that was in the class. She's uh, from London. She's like 40, has three kids, but she's cute. She's got long blonde hair. And uh, I had seen her back when I went to London Wisdom Weekend. She was there. Mm. And uh, I didn't, back then, I didn't think I could talk to her. So this time, mm. one of the new strategies I came up with was to give compliments. Okay. So that was the biggest test was to, to give her a compliment. So I went and complimented her on her hair, and she's got all giggly and girly and said thank you and was like really impressed. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Hmm. And so that's, that was in the evening when we were sitting at the bar, and uh, he was saying, like, like how would, how would you feel if I said you had the most beautiful brown eyes, like, it gave me a compliment about my eyes. Mm. And I was like, at first I thought, I wonder, is this just an example? And then, But no, I think she actually means it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so, the day that I, the, so I guess it was the next day that I got up and spoke about how the bee with exercise was for me, and I said that I, I so that morning, I did the be with with her. I made sure I sat next to her so I could do it with her. Mm. <laughs> and and uh, so I got up and shared about how the be with. I, I was I was wondering what the other person was thinking about. And then when I sat back down next to her, I said it was you that I had that happened with. That uh, I was wondering what you were thinking about. And she said, "Well, you want me to tell you?" And she said. So one other thing is that during this course, she started dating another guy that's in wisdom with her. Mm -hmm. So he was there too. Mm. So she said to me that she finds me extremely attractive, physically attractive, and she hadn't started dating Mark that she would with me. Yeah, oh, awesome. And it was, she said I, I it was do rem, I do I do remember you sending me that text, but continue, sorry. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, and she said it was because I got up to share, like that I I'm pushing myself beyond my boundaries, my willingness to grow that she was attracted to. Yeah. So can I uh add something to that? 
women love that. Love, love, love that. Like you got a 12-inch dick, they love that. I swear to God. <laughs> That's actually what uh, Cheryl was trying to say when she said take charge. They love that. Love, 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 love that. It's almost nothing better. So keep growing, bro, and, and being vulnerable. Yeah. They, and, see the, they see the courage in that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. But it's weird. Like, I wasn't trying to attract her. I was just doing my own thing. That's how it works, bro. <laughs> people think you got to be people think you got to be swiping on your phone and going on, you know, 100 dates in 100 days. No, man. You need to be paying attention and letting people come to you. Yeah, it's like you almost in order to win the game, you have to not play. Well, you have to you have to not be attached to playing. Mm. It's the attachment that breeds neediness that comes from scarcity that makes it like icky and hard. Mm. If you're not attached, even if you're committed, you're not attached. You'll be okay. Yeah. yeah but I wasn't even. I, haven't, yeah, I wasn't okay. even trying to play anything. I was just doing something else. I entirely. know. So many couples that got married and been happy for thirty years met each other in exactly that same state. Hmm. That's one of the reasons why I'm not worried about me in relationships. Because I know that's how it goes. Not always, but that's one of the ways it goes. Yeah. And by the way, um, something I don't think I've ever said to you is that there's like um, at least three different types of women when it comes to uh, dating. Hmm. There are those who sit back and wait to be approached. There are those who go out and approach men, whether directly or indirectly. They're on the hunt. Hmm. And then there are those who can go either way. So, you know, you can decide, do you want to find somebody who's a catcher, who catches and hunts? Do you want somebody who is, you know, docile and will, won't do anything unless you come to them? Or you want somebody that's kind of like in between, but you need to be able to recognize that. Yeah, I think I like someone, the, someone in between, yeah. I think. Yeah. Well, um, I think the girl that you were talking to that said that, she's either a hunter or she's in between. She's definitely mm. not the docile one waiting for you to come to her. Right. You know. Um, so you want to keep that in mind, too. Mm. If you see somebody that's docile, she's not for you anyhow. Right. You know, right. Trying to, you're trying to get her to like you, but she's over there docile, like making you have to work hard. You don't want to be with somebody like that, so don't do that anymore. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say it um, in as direct a way as I can. South Bronx style. You ready? Yeah. Fuck that. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck them. Don't do that. I mean, you know, yeah, fuck that. Don't fuck them, because then you have to work hard to fuck them. Fuck that. 
like, uh, gee, I didn't know I was going to be uh, going that way, that kind of way. All right. <laughs> All right. That's funny. So, uh, anything else you want to say before we uh, uh, move forward? So, something else. Yeah, I guess there's something else I could talk about. Okay. So, also in this course, there's this woman named Gail. She's from England also that I met in the wisdom course before. Okay. okay. And she's like, mm, I don't know, 10, 15 years older than me, maybe. And she... Okay. uh I liked her ever since I first met her because she's very straight communication. She's the type of person that can push me. Okay. She's the one actually pushed me to to give the other girl a compliment. Oh, okay. But I spent a lot of my time hanging out with her. And I couldn't tell if she was just really friendly to me or if she was attracted to me. Okay. Put it that way. My first impression is probably both, but I don't really know because I haven't seen her, looked her in the eye, see her body language, none of that, you know what I mean? <laughs> Anyhow, first impressions usually work, but I, I don't count on them. You know, I need I need verification. Yeah, but I'll tell you what I, I'll tell you. You know what I thought. All right, keep going. Sorry. I guess that's the main thing. I could tell you more about what she did, but that's the main question. Uh, yeah, I don't know if she. I, don't, I need more information, but yeah. Um. All right. Well, because so. There was one day that we did stuff in the spa where you go into rooms and all that stuff. We were talking a lot in there. And at one point she says, can I give you a kiss? Mm. I, I said, yeah, sure. So she gave me a kiss. Mm. And she did that a couple like a more kiss, times. Kiss? It was like mm. a kiss, kiss? Like a kiss, kiss? Like a real kissing. Like not kiss on the cheek kissing, right? Yeah, right, right. A real kiss. Okay. Not long, but yeah. And and I asked her about it later and she says you look like you need to practice. Mm-hmm. Which is true. Yeah, straight off. Yeah. But I didn't know if there was something more to it than that. Uh, and I think well, I even asked more, her, she, so. it she kept I think I did ask her about it and she said no, there's nothing more to it, but it I still I'm not convinced. Well, she, you could have said, well, I mean, if he was courageous and spontaneous, you could have said, well, how about if I just practice with you? <laughs> <laughs> Did you have that thought? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. Okay. Did you not really feel that way about her? No, I not really. Ah, okay, okay, okay. She might have been able to tell that, but that was another hunter, catcher, or hunter. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I had fun. 
I had fun hanging out with her. Yeah. Not your type, though. All right, that's cool. Here, I'll send you a picture. All right. Cool. So, um, I thought about this week about how to continue working with you or on this whole thing here, especially the personality types, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I've, and I've created a format. So this is going to go longer than I had originally thought. I figured between, you know, beginning of August, end of September. Yeah. Um, but um, we're going to go probably to the end of the year because I'm going to uh, take my, my book and turn it into a workshop. And uh, I'm doing it with you. So the book, when it comes out, is not going to be about romantic relationships. It's going to be about getting along with humanity and understanding humanity. But I'm going to work with you on the romantic side of it. Oh, okay. So, um, you know, I'm not putting romance into the book. At first, I was going to when I first started writing this in 2012. But because I'm not doing that anymore... Um, you know, I'm doing uh, – did I tell you that I retired as a relationship coach? No. Yeah, no. I'm still going to coach people around relationships, but I am now uh, shifting gears. I've been wanting to do business with business people for, you know, for a long time um, be, because I find that business people are more hungry, coachable, and got more money besides, and, and they make more <laughs> of a difference. You know, okay. with the amount of people that they deal with, that it felt like that would be the place to go. And um, but it also felt like in my spirit it was time to go. So for many years I was trying to figure out how do I how do I transition from relationships to business. And so now I know how to do that. And so I create I'm creating a business called Profit from Your Knowledge. And what I'm doing is teaching people how to create their own intellectual property and how to package it and deliver it in ways that's going to make them money. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, but in the meantime, you know, my peeps that's like, yo, I need relationship coaching. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to continue to work with them, but I'm not promoting it anymore. I will be out there and blah, 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 blah. But I'm going to be like, listen, I'm doing a relationship to not just romantic relations, but to intellectual property and, and being able to relate to the world and to yourself. And mm-hmm. so that's, that's the transition that I'm making. And I've been creating programs for years. So now it's like, let me just figure out how to, let me figure out, let me just do it for other people now and show them how to do it. Because I want their expertise to come out as much as I want my expertise to come out, you know. And I have a very profitable business model around it. Very excited about it. So uh, passive income, active income, and uh, uh, referral income. So uh, and it, I, guess, I can see at least another couple of different ways to do it. So... Uh, so, yeah, so that's what's up, man. Wow, cool. And, um, yeah, and I just decided this um, out of my participation in partnership and um, uh, the seminar I was in, um, this uh, commitment seminar. So between those uh, okay. two, you know, I saw an opportunity. And every time I talk to people, the opportunity gets bigger. So I'm your guy, your relationship guy. Um, you know, if you want that, I'll, I'll always be that if you want it. Um, but we're going to probably go into the end of the year, uh, or at least close, because uh, this is going to take eight weeks. Okay. What I want to do with you. So, um, you, you know, you ain't charging no more. I'll just right. restructure it and uh, like that. So, 
So um, another thing I was just thinking about, quite frankly, is um, that um, what was I going to say? Um, that at some point, uh, based on what you were sharing earlier, I recommend, highly recommend that you um, take uh, take on NLP. Really? You know what that is? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I vaguely know what it is. Yeah. Neuro linguistic programming. It is how to relate with you and your brain and your body together because you know, it's your body language and your, you know, it's like how to train you to be the real you in ways that work with you and everybody else. I'm ready to, I'm ready to do that now, my damn self. But um, I'm not going to be, I'll be doing it next year. Um, yeah, I'll be doing it next year. I ain't got time for it now. Right now I'm in a, I'm in a, uh, a men's weekend seminar, Sterling Men's Man. Weekend Seminar, which I also recommend. I'm in, a, I'm in partnership, and I'm coaching SELP. So, you know, and then I write my book, you know, and, and then I'm doing something else. I'm like, I got my hands full. Billy hmm. really got my hands full. So, <laughs> but, but it's all good. So I'm just saying that I, I, I suggest that you consider that um, because I think at the end of that, it'll be, you'll feel so awesome and in control. I mean, that's the basis of Tony Robbins' training, by the way, just so that you know. Yeah. So, just a suggestion. There you go. So, uh, um, unless you have anything else to talk about, I want to just go in. Well, I'm just uh, curious just... to hear more about this NLP, though. Okay, so um, NLP is about how to use your body to shift your mind and how to use your mind to communicate with your body. Neural linguistic, so it's body yeah. and mind together communication. But it's also like shifting your mind from being negative to positive. It's being able to read other people's body language. It's about being able to communicate with your body even if you're not talking. It's subliminal processing, subliminal communication when you're dealing with other people. And... You know, like you could do some body movements if you're depressed to take you out of it instantly or within 30 seconds. You know what I mean? So it's how to use your body and your mind to have the life you want, ultimately. Now, is it a course or is it? Yeah, it's a program, and it usually takes um, three to six months of, I believe, weekly trainings and you do this kind of stuff and that kind of stuff. And, um... When you finish, you'll be uh, if you do it with the right uh, in the right scenario, rather than just just an introduction or you know fundamentals. You want to get the whole thing. You can be a certified NLP uh, trainer or practitioner. Uh, I'm going to go through the whole program myself because I'm going to be dealing with in public speaking and you know out in the public. So I need to you know, be able to handle that kind of stuff. I mean, Toastmasters right this minute, so I want to be right. able to speak without as many, with as little ums and ahs as possible. <laughs> <laughs> and what else? Yeah, so I know that I'm going to be on the world stage as soon as this daggone book comes out because people are going to be like, what? And the person I'm going to have promoting me, uh, he's the guy that promoted, uh, uh, what the heck is that? Um, 
chicken soup for the soul and uh Rich Dad Poor Dad. So I'm have I'm have I'm gonna have a man Steve Harrison who's uh in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I have him promoting my book. So I know it's gonna be a big deal. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, means, I read that you know, book, top, uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yeah, powerful man. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, so Oh, and one so, other yeah, thing so, I can tell you. Good. Good. Just yeah. So the girl that was attracted to me, she said when I was standing up there sharing that I looked like natural and open. Nice. All time. <laughs> I'll, I'll mess with you kind of a little bit. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so but it, I guess it's like once I gave up being scared of someone hearing me, then then uh, it all just came naturally. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. I'm enrolled. All right. Well, let me uh, give you some more information that will help you do this better. So, um, so here's what's going to happen. I was going to give you the fundamental outline, and, and it may not go exactly this way, but the fundamental outline is, um, and the reason I'm doing this is because of how it's been going with you so far. The fundamental outline is that I'm going to talk to you about the relationship navigation chart today, like the full scope of it. I'm going to actually read you some of the stuff that I wrote and then put in words to, uh, you know, to answer any questions or whatever. Like whatever's missing, I'll add to it. And um, so you can get a whole world of it. So you can see the relationship navigation chart in your face as often as possible, hopefully all day, every day, because it's there all day, every day, like electricity used to be. Before we discovered electricity, we just couldn't see it. Yeah. Right. So I want you to be able to see the relationship navigation chart in action. Um, so you could, because it'll help you to see people or where they're at in their conversations and in, in their relationships and their actions um, based on this. Um, and then um, the next six weeks after that, I am going to talk to you about each stage of the relationship navigation chart, each of the six departments. And I will talk about both the manager and the salesperson so you get the world of it. And then at the end, I'm going to go all the way in on, you know, the appearances. So the reason why I'm going to do this is because, yeah, it'll, it, you, you know, probably the siren is the best one for you, I'm going to say, but I don't know for sure, but there's, um, three different personality types that's best for you. We went over that already. But I want you to be able to see the whole world. The whole world. Not just yeah. what you hope to get. It seems like I see sirens all over the place. Yeah, good. I want you to see the other, the other 11. Yeah. But I don't know if that's just because that's what I want or, or just because I don't know the other ones. Both. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what... So uh, that's my commitment. That's where we're going. And um, All right. yeah, man, that's what's up. So um, most, a lot of what I'm going to read, no, most of what I'm going to read is from my uh, earliest, uh, the first completed manuscript, which still needs to be edited and switched around and stuff like that. But this will be, uh, I'm going to be reading and then talking, reading and talking, asking questions like that. All right. Very good. So, um, 
what's missing? What's missing is an education in relationships. Based on evidence, there is no such thing as relationship education. What passes for relationship education is a series of tactics, strategies, and practices that have nothing to do with the fundamental nature of relationships. The nature of relationships is simple but profound, love and partnership. Love has always been thought to be enough to make relationships work. However, that has proven to be totally inaccurate. Love without partnership is merely nice feelings that don't produce relationships at last. Partnership without love is akin to being roommates who both pay their rent on time and occasionally watch TV together. <laughs> the true purpose of relationship is to ensure the survival of the species. But that's not the nature. If relationships don't survive, the species cannot survive. It's as simple as that. It seems that no one knows for sure how to create relationships that last. There are plenty of people who have been in loving relationships that have lasted 50 years or more. But if you ask them for advice, they couldn't tell you much if they told you anything at all. Being able to, to do something is not the same thing as being able to explain it or teach it, which, by the way, is a lot of the reason why uh, I'm doing profit from your knowledge. There's a lot of teachers, but they don't know how to create something other people need to know. Unfortunately, relationship education doesn't seem to travel from generation to generation. It appears to be a hit or miss proposition. You either get it or you don't. Most relationship education focuses on getting to know the other person more deeply, better communication, negotiation strategies, and dating. While these elements are essential to a working relationship, they come after the fundamentals have been laid. So, in nature, every aspect of life is built upon templates. For example, the music scale, although it has many octaves, is, is, is in essence only seven notes. In our species, there are only 43 different types of faces. That's actually not accurate. I thought it was in 2012, but okay. Uh, yeah. By the way, it's the first time I read that in a while. <laughs> Thank yeah. you for teaching me that it's more, it's more than that. Um, that's why we often see, but, but it is a limited amount. There's 7 billion people and there's about 500 faces, right? That's why we often see people who look like someone we know. In every species, the creator has included both male and female as a way to ensure the survival of the species. Even in our man-made world, we've created templates upon which we depend on for our survival assembly lines, street parking, checkout lines in supermarkets, and much more. Because we understand the fundamental nature of these things and can recognize them in the things we do, we have a measure of control over many things. Unfortunately, there has never been a template for human relations until now. The way humans are, constructed, are currently constructed can be compared to a thriving business. We each must maintain six departments. Those six departments are sales, investments, operations, customer service, legal, and vision. Sales. We all have to sell ourselves all day long, every day, our entire life. We must sell ourselves to employees, excuse me, to employers, parents, children, etc. 
and we're constantly being sold by them in return. Another way of saying sales is persuasion. We must persuade our way through life. <laughs> For those who cannot do this, one simple thing, they experience extreme pain, loneliness, financial ruin, and more. You know what I'm talking about? That was a question. <laughs> yeah. Does, does, that, does that sound familiar? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For those who excel at persuasion, the world is their oyster. At least it could be. Investments. Once you make a sale, you receive some form of currency in return. What we do with that incoming currency is called investing. We can spend it, save it, or make it grow, just like on the stock market. And it just excuse me, and just like on the stock market, we can lose it all in the blinking of an eye. How you deal with your income, quote unquote, will determine the quality of your life. And by the way, what I don't have said here, I will say, is that um, when it comes to investments, the biggest investment is to invest in relationships. Because if you're not investing in the quality of the relationship, you are asking for trouble, and it ain't going to last very long. And there's other things to invest. Actually, you want to invest in every other thing, every other department. And I'll, I'll, I'll do a summary of this in a minute. Operations. Once you've received your income, you have to do something with it in order to continue receiving it. With investing, the income is taken off the market and cannot be used because it's sitting somewhere, hopefully earning some form of interest. In other words, investments are meant to be left to grow and only allowed to be used only for rainy days. You have to build a system of operations that will allow you to do what it takes to continue making sales. Once you make a sale, part of your income should be reinvested in savings and part of it in operations. If you only invest your income in savings, you will eventually starve before you can live off the interest because you won't have anything to work with today. Therefore, you must set yourself up to continue receiving income. Customer service. We all need to take care of the hand that feeds us. That's called customer service. If we make sales, invest part of the income, and then put the rest into operations, and we do a great job of that, we'll discover that we have a decent amount of regular customers. Your customers could be the various managers you report to at work, your spouse or the children. If they don't feel taken care of, they stop being your customer. For example, your children are your customers. You may think otherwise, but the fact is that if they're not happy, neither are you. Just because they're too young to leave doesn't mean it won't make your life a living hell. You can put managers in the same category. If you don't make them happy, they will replace you with someone who will. That's obvious, but when it comes to employers, what happens with employers is that they don't realize their employees are their best customers and lose out on billions of dollars in revenue due to the, uh, the erroneous thought that they need to be in control using the golden rule of business, which is the one with the gold rules. Yeah. 
excellent customer service on the part of employers looks like implementing real leadership and management rather than control and force. Anyhow, enough about customer service. Next, legal. We ongoingly make agreements, whether spoken or not, with all of our customers. We break our agreements, we break the relationship as well. The relationship can end suddenly or bit by bit, but the result is the same. Many people don't like making agreements, feeling that freedom of choice is more important than rigid rules. There, excuse me, then there are those who create two sets of rules, one for them and one for everyone else. And there are those who make rules that cannot be amended, beat, or, negoti- or, or renegotiated. If an agreement doesn't work for everyone, it's not a true agreement, but a manipulation of one sort or another. So you've got to be responsible for that. So, um, <clears throat> uh, before I move any for- forward, what, what did you uh, get out of it? Uh, I've been trying to map all those things onto real life, and it's not exactly seeing how they map. All right, we're going further. Yeah, but, but I do see sales see. now. I've I've been noticing sales with myself. Got it. That's good. Ever okay, since good. you right, said good. that, um, what a butler's, I forget, his sales. What is it? Natural gift. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Natural gift is sales. I've been seeing that. I've been noticing that. Beautiful. Like that was going to get you the girl. Yes, go ahead. Yeah. So I was assisting on the forum last weekend, and there was this one girl who was assisting with us. She's a Korean girl. And I just said hi to her a couple times, like in the break room or whatever, and just asked how she's – I'd never met her before, and I was just asking how she likes – Assisting. This was her first assisting agreement, and you having fun, and just a couple times, just asking her stuff like that. And then now, every time I mm. see her, she comes to say hi to me. Nice. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You sold her on communicating and listening to you. Okay. Good. Yeah. And now, yeah. So I didn't realize, but she's in the seminar that I'm the recorder for. So on Thursday, I. Saw her when I was sitting at the name tag table, and she's like, "Oh, hi!" All happy. <laughs> Excellent. So that seems to me There's a good chance. Selling. Good. Yeah. I don't know selling what, but but yeah. But yeah. I didn't even think of like what I said to her originally. I didn't even think would do anything. Yeah. Well. You did. Darn it. Yeah. <laughs> and then at the at the TYS course, I have been talking to like a lot of the people in the course and one on one here and there as we met up during the days and it was third or fourth day that I actually got up and shared in front of the class and when I got up to share everyone started clapping. Helga, the course leader, was like, Wow, I didn't know you had a fan club. <laughs> yeah, that's freaking awesome. 
I was kind of surprised because, that they actually do. Well, that's because they love you, and you and they're happy that you're starting to give yourself permission to be loved. Yeah. Yeah. You stop. You're stopping. You're slowing down to defending yourself. You know, like covering yourself up. You know. But was that a former sales too? Uh, yeah, well, the best salesperson operate that way, yes. They operate from authenticity and in the other person's best interest. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, you was, you, was, you was selling them on you, even though you wasn't trying. Yeah. See, another thing about sales and persuasion is when you're not even trying, you just it just happens on their own. Where people are yeah, enrolled. Yeah, in both these cases, I wasn't even trying to do anything. Yep. So let me give you a heads up or a tip or something yeah. else that I, I would. I, I don't. I don't think I ever said, but if I said, you wouldn't have got it the way you're about to get it. You ready? Mm, okay. Um. So I told you I had sex with over 250 women, right? Yeah. I wasn't hardly trying for almost any of them. Oh really? It just showed up in front of me. I smiled. They smiled. We started talking. Next thing you know, their clothes fell off the next day or something, you know? I wasn't, I wasn't really trying after a while. I was, like, happy. <laughs> and that, that experience, I experienced it as if I was in the zone. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> like, I was Michael Jordan who hit, like, seven three-pointers in a row. Like, how the hell that happened, right? Yeah, so, so when you're being, I know. This blows my but mind. But just pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. So play, just, just keep reminding yourself that you had all these great experiences when you wasn't even thinking about it. Yeah. But think about it. It may be counterintuitive, but it hasn't always been counterintuitive. Do you know why? Why? Because you was that way before you turned seven anyway. You see a four-year-old or a nine-month-old or a five-year-old. They're exactly what you just said. They're just being them and everybody's like, oh, my God, it's so adorable. Right? Yeah. You were born that way, and now you're letting yourself be the way you were born. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Because, like, even just in that story of uh, at the school play where I was just being myself, just sharing with the teacher, and I wasn't thinking anything of it. Right. Open and sharing. Yeah. Yeah. So, right, I got it. Totally, totally, totally got it. So just be you. You remember my article that I sent you, Be the Rain? Again? You remember that? Uh, I don't remember that one, no. Yeah, it was, a, it was, a, it was an article. Um, of, I sent it to you probably this time last year, really, um, where, you, you know, it was about how to be yourself, being yourself. Okay. You know, being the rain is like the rain don't don't change for nobody. And he's trying to listen to nobody. He's just doing what he does and mind his own business. And the, the people 
the, 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 the people who uh, often are most liked are the ones who don't care if you like them or not. Oh, uh, okay. You remember that now? Yeah, I do vaguely remember that one. Yeah, I should go back and read that again. Yeah. Yeah, now would be a really good time to read that sucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So awesome. So now you got in, you have investments and um, in sales. That's good. Moving up well, the bro. Well, how is it? What is the investment though? What's that part? Risk management, uh, profiting, um, putting in like like investments is a lot like agriculture. I'm going to explain it further in a couple of minutes. Yeah. But it's a lot like agriculture. Like you put seeds in and then things grow out of it. You put love into it, a relationship and, and, and the relationship grows. Yeah. You, invest, you invest the time it takes to get in shape and then all of a sudden you're looking buff. Oh, okay. You take the time to talk to somebody and all of a sudden they care about you and now they want to talk to you and even do for you what you don't even know that, that, they, that you want or need or that they can do it or they want to do it. Right, right. You invest in education and all of a sudden you become more better, more beneficial. Investment is growth. Okay. Yeah, but unfortunately, most people who are investors think about risk. And they want to minimize risk rather than grow. So um, a, a damsel, my personality type, customer service is a, a gift is investments. And I invest in, in relationships. I invest in everything, and then I let whatever I invest in tell me whether it was worth it or not the first time around, because I can't tell. So I'll try this, I'll try that, I'll try this. And I know I'm not going to get everything that's going to turn out to be a, a good return on investment. But the things that will is going to turn out to be amazing returns on investment. So I invest in everything equally and then let the investment tell me what to do. I don't worry about risk. I'll try it. Fine, whatever. Let's see. Worst that will happen is I'm in the same spot I was in before. That's actually the worst that could happen. And I mean that, like, literally. Even if I mess up, I'll learn something. Yeah. If I do nothing, I'm in the same spot. No, no evolution, you know? Right. So, anyhow. This is awesome. That's like a commitment to growth and development. Yeah. Yeah, but it could be a commitment to love. Because one of the greatest places you could you could uh, invest in is customer service and sales. Because you're making your customers stay around, and you're getting more from your customers. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't want that? Okay. So, you ready for more? Yep. Very good. This is—I don't know how this is going for you, but for me, this feels so awesome, man. I, I don't, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Is that—is that at least in that neighborhood, kind of, almost, sort of? Oh yeah, yeah. It is. All right. All right. Good. 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 Yeah. Okay. Good. So, the fundamental—the fundamental nature of human relationships can be summed up by a template called the relationship navigation chart. 
The relationship navigation chart is a template that shows us how to understand and enjoy relationships. It helps you understand areas of importance in relationships. For example, how being persuasive impacts customer service and vice versa, how agreements impact investments, etc. This formula is simple in theory, but like Morpheus said in The Matrix, let's Let's see just how far the rabbit hole goes. <laughs> I don't remember writing that. I swear to God, man. <laughs> I remember a lot of quotes. I remember a lot of quotes in that movie. I just don't remember that one. But I wrote it in this book right here. Man. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, regarding the art of persuasion, if you do not have this skill, you will literally starve to death. Like, you're starving to death in relationships, you know what I'm saying? So, as in all things, there are areas of expertise that can be developed, but only if you know what they are. There are numerous sides to the persuasion equation. First of all, there's at least two ways of looking at sales as a leader and as a manager. The leader creates a vision of what's possible while the manager makes sure the sale gets made. The leader must effectively communicate their vision to everyone while the manager ensures the work that makes the sale gets done. In fact, all the sections of the relationship navigation chart are divided into two parts, leadership and management. Leadership is pointing toward a goal. Management is getting to that goal. This is the essence of partnership and the opportunity that relationship provides each and every one of us. There are management people and leadership people, regardless of gender. Men can be either managers or leaders, and so can women. The challenge is in recognizing who you are and who everyone else is. Let me say that sentence again. The challenge is in recognizing who you are and who everyone else is. I can't stress that enough, bro. Yeah. What usually happens in those, uh, it, what usually happens is those who have vision look down upon those without vision but can manage. Then again, those who can manage often see leaders who don't get things done and look down on them as merely dreamers who cannot fulfill their own dreams. This happens in all the areas of the relationship navigation chart. Whether a leader and magic get together, excuse me, whenever a leader and magic gets together and one of them takes the lead in the relationship, they often put down the other one because that person can't do what they can. What's missing is, again, the concept of partnership, a basic mutual respect for the differences between thinking and doing. Managers don't often think beyond what's in front of them, but can maintain today's issues extremely well. What they cannot do is look into the future and see what's coming down the pike. This explains why some of the world's greatest companies have collapsed in the time it takes to notice they're collapsing. In other words, they actually collapse before they know it. You can see that, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. When a leader and a manager enter into a romantic relationship, rather than look at how they can combine their energies, talents, aspirations, and skill sets to benefit themselves and the people around them, 
They go by what they've learned about relationships from the world around them. They resort to the songs they love, the movies they remember most, or their family upbringing, none of which does them any good. The one who is in control is usually the one who is more successful than the other in some significant way, such as looks, wealth, or status. As it is often stated, the person who cares the least is in control of relationships. In relationships, that means the one who has the least to to lose if the relationship breaks up is the one who cares the least. With each disempowering, excuse me, with such a disempowering primitive context guiding relationships, is there any surprise marriages experience a 50% divorce rate? Why don't we let the person who cares the most lead the relationship? Could it be that control is more important than leading? Could it be that we don't actually know how to lead when it comes to relationships? Could it be that we don't actually understand that differences don't make divisions, they make dynamic relationships and partnerships? The gift of creation, I don't know why, something told me I should check in, so where are you at right now? Where are you getting at? Uh, it sounds like partnership is key. Partnership. Yes. yes. It is. And that's why I want to, you know, I started off with you with Happily Ever After, you know? Because Happily Ever After is really using the relationship navigation chart. Without me having said it was the relationship navigation chart. Yeah. So the five biggest problem areas and then vision. And then the solutions to those, those five biggest problem areas is what I'm reading, but I'm giving it to you in a new way. Yeah. So you can see it on the court. So, um, yeah, partnership is key. So you want to be doing, you want to be, as a matter of fact, this book inspired me to come up with this statement. You want to be in the relationship of your dreams with the partner of your dreams. So all you're doing is your favorite things with your favorite person in your favorite places for as long as you're together. Most likely until some, you know, for as long as you're alive, really. And so I'm talking about what that looks like, like primitively, uh, non-relationship-wise, but at the same time relationship-wise, you know. Because I want you to be able to see it and not be trick fool blinded by circumstances. All right, now, the gift of creation is the ability to take advantage of the diversity we bring to relationships. Let me say that again. The gift of creation, the gift that the creator gave us, is the ability to take advantage of the diversity we bring to relationships. For those who either have a hard time with diversity but don't understand it, they're destined to live a life filled with terrible relationships. For those who do, they'll find their gifts will reveal both benefits and rewards to themselves and everyone else. All this points to the 80-20 principle, which states 80% of your results come from 20% of your actions, resources, and relationships. When you, combine, <clears throat> when you combine your greatest 20% with your partner's greatest 
your results won't just multiply, they'll compound like interest. The television show, The A-Team, has a team of four men. Each had a particular skill set that none of the others possessed, but their skill set was needed in order to achieve their objectives. No one was more important than any other, or were respected in spite of the many differences of opinion that kept popping up. That show was funny when they were still arguing, bro. I used to crack the fuck <laughs> up, bro. <laughs> well, Matthew, relationships were meant to be exactly like that, minus the guns, bombs, and airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is the first time I'm reading this in a while, man. I'm actually having fun reading this damn thing here. <laughs> All right. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'll put that in there, Look at it. <laughs> All right. No one expects relationships to be smooth, but everyone expects them to be excitingly delicious. Ultimately, you get to say how your relationship goes. Here's the real choice. Partnership or misery. If you choose partnership, you have a lot of work to do, but the work will repay you more than you could ever imagine. Sort of like a holiday dinner or a huge family gathering. It takes a lot of work, but in the end, all you end up remembering is all the good times, and you're left with great memories for the rest of your life. In fact, it's impossible to think of those memories and just like the people in your life at the same time. The good times always went out. On the other hand, if you choose anything other than partnership, by default, you're actually choosing misery. Unknowingly, choosing misery looks like many great things people think they want, like control, entitlement, leadership, and a host of other stuff. But none of those concepts take into consideration your partner's greatness, the opportunities your relationship can take advantage of, and many other unforeseen situations of which we're all much too familiar with. If you're in misery, take heart. What follows is a structure for figuring out who you're dealing with in the area of relationships. In addition, it'll help you figure out who you are. First of all, you need to understand where you sit in the relationship navigation chart. Without this information, nothing that follows will make sense. Whether you're extremely persuasive or deadly afraid of it, you may want to consider that sales is your life focus. The reason why is because in some way it's the dominant theme of your life, either the joy of your life or the bane of your existence. There's no in-between. When persuasion is what drives you, people do whatever you say. You get a kind of high when it comes to sales. Although most people may hate sales, you can't think of a better way to get through your day. On the other hand, if it's the bane of your existence, just the thought of having to persuade someone makes your skin crawl. You run away from every form of sales, whether it's doing the selling or someone trying to sell you something. In either case, it feels like the worst thing you could ever do in life. When it comes to investments, it's exactly the same thing. You either love it or abhor it. There's no in-between. If you love investing, you see opportunities to invest all around you. You love the game of investing. If you abhor it, you really abhor it. You will not take any chances with any of your resources, whether they be emotional, financial, or health-wise. You can't be talked into it and cannot be persuaded. 
If you cannot see how you cannot lose, you will not get involved. You'll play it safe. That sound familiar, by the way? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was the best yeah I heard from you say in a long time, though. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. I want you to really listen to this next piece. I'm going to talk about the same thing for, for uh, Siren and, uh, and operations because they're, op- they're operations leadership visionary, right? So right. in the area of operations, all right, in the area of operations, sales doesn't concern you. Freedom does. Whether you realize it or not, you're always on the lookout for what's wrong. The type of what's wrong you look for is the type of problem that will trap you. As long as you have a backdoor in every situation, you're relaxed and easy to be with. But the moment you smell the possibility of a trap, you are gone. <laughs> hmm. However, if, if you've overcome your fear of loss of freedom, then you're truly free. You don't feel trapped, and in fact, you set others free because you can see the traps before they can and create solutions that free them. Freedom becomes the purpose of your life. When it comes to taking care of people, oh, by the way, did you get that? Like, really, would you say that you feel like you got what I just said about about operations in, in particular, Simon? Um, do I need to read that again? Should I read that again? Yeah, read it again. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I got what... I got what you said about Siren, but I don't see how that relates to operations. Sirens are visionary operators, operations people. They're the project managers. They're the ones standing on the top of the light post saying, go over here or do this or, you know, this is how it should go. It matches the world at, at giving orders and creating solutions. They're not okay. doers, though. And so if they can't get somebody to do something, they're going to chill. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, and rebels, which is the other uh, operations persons, they're great at managing things, but they don't want to get trapped either. That's why so many uh, rebels in particular are not in relationships because relationships is foreign to them. It's like, huh? That was that. I don't trust that. I can't figure that out because I can't figure it out. I don't trust it. As a matter of fact, that should be the clarion call, the, the uh, mantra for operations. If I can't trust it, I ain't doing it. I'm out. Huh. But they won't say it. They're really nice and really happy and really optimistic until they feel trapped and they're like, nah, fuck that. Peace. Everything's hmm. out. Bye. Bye, Felicia. Bye-bye. <laughs> uh, okay. So, um, Let's see here. Uh, Back to operations. Okay. All right. In the area of operations, sales doesn't concern you. Freedom does. Whether you realize it or not, you're always on the lookout for what's wrong. The type of what's wrong you look for is the type of problem that will trap you. As long as you have a backdoor in every situation, you're relaxed and easy to be with. But the moment you smell the possibility of a trap, you are gone. However, if you've overcome your fear of loss of freedom, then you're truly free. 
You don't feel trapped, and in fact, you set others free because you can see the traps before they can, and creates loses their freedom. That's why. That's one of the reasons why um, you being with a siren is so powerful, uh, because you're over there serving them and, and investing in the relationship while they're over there setting you free and and being grateful about it. Well, how does freedom become see it as a trap? Well, first off, she got to see that she's the solution for every trap. See, you're the solution for every investment risk. You just don't know it yet. The thing that pains you the most is your greatest gift. That's why it pains you the most that you're not doing it. <laughs> Does that make sense? I think so. Yeah, if it wasn't that important to you, it wouldn't bother you so much. Yeah. It wouldn't be painful to you. You'd be like, all right, fine, whatever. You know, I'm keep it moving. I got other priorities. Okay. The priority that bothers you the most that you don't succeed at is actually pointing to your greatest gift. Yeah. So, you know, you're scared of looking bad and feeling bad and failing and all of that, right? Yeah. That's because... You're really great at it, and you just keep, you know, um, running away from the possibility of being successful in that area. So, like, I hate horrible customer service. Why? Because I'm a customer service visionary. <laughs> the thing that I was, the thing I was gifted to be here to do is the thing that I hate the worst when it when it's not happening. As a matter of fact, my act is that ain't fair based on customer service. I really just got that just now. <laughs> you want to treat me like a bum? That's horrible customer service. Fuck wrong with you. That ain't fair. I'm going to kick your ass. That's, that's where I go. I mean, I used to go there. I, I, I feel that way sometimes still, but not much anymore. But that was my act. And I would, I would want to fight, man. You treated me funny. You ain't treat me good. What? Put you in your motherfucking heart. <laughs> well, I never said that, but I'd be willing. I'd be willing. I never started a fight. Well, I started one fight uh, once upon a time, junior, elementary school, junior high school. I started one fight. But other than that, nah, man, I wouldn't start no fights, man. I'd, but I'd finish them. You mess with me. Yeah. So. Because, <laughs> yo, man, let me treat me bad. What the hell's wrong with you? So, anyhow. <laughs> When it comes to taking care of people, you either love doing it or you don't notice others even exist. That's my customer service peeps. That's uh, um, our president, for example. Uh, if you don't notice others exist, you prob you're probably stepping all over them. That's because of a narrow focus of only one thing. You... You don't notice others because you're too busy dealing with your own concerns. When they complain to you about it, you think they're being sensitive or dramatic. <laughs> well, I've been there. Oh, my God. <laughs> On the other hand, when you begin really noticing other people, what's in their heart and what's important to them, it's hard not to fall in love with them. In your world, everyone is worthwhile, valuable, and beautiful. You love the opportunity to be with them. If agreements are the focus of your life, you'll know it by the passion you have towards them. For example, you may hate it when someone says they'll do something but don't. 
Uh, this is the legal people. You hear me? Nitpickers. Oh, my God. Yeah. When you finally catch up with them, they are in so much trouble that you rip them up to shreds verbally. But if you enjoy making agreements at work, broken agreements don't bother you because you'll look for whatever got in the way of the agreement and make the necessary adjustments, even if it means ending relationships and finding new friends. What you will not do is get all bent out of shape about it. You will just handle it. Keep that in mind. What follows is a description of both leadership and management as it pertains to the various departments in the relationship navigation chart. So in sales, there's leadership. Um, you know, I'm not going to go through the bright spots. I'm not going to do that. Um, I'll do that when I go through each of the um, personality types. So like next time we speak, hopefully next week, it will be about um, sales. I'm going to talk about both baby, the boy and the baby. Uh, I'll talk about them individually and um, and the whole world of sales. So um, I'm not going to go there now, but I will uh, next time we talk. So. so that's today. That's a new version of looking at, you know, the relationship navigation chart and the structure for being in relationships. Um, what do you have to say right now? Does it help you see anything differently or better, or, um, or just more information? Or is it just more information that overloaded you, and now you got to figure out what to do with it? A little bit of that, yeah, at the end. Okay. But I guess all right. Investments. I was trying to see what what investments looks like in practice. Awesome. How about if you take that on and tell me what you see between now and next week? All right. Uh, I like to even do Friday. No, Saturday. Friday doesn't work. Thursday or Saturday this week. Um, there's a decent chance I might be in, in, in the Philadelphia Center on Sunday. There's a decent chance, but I'm, I'm, I'm more no than yes, even though I would really like to be there. But my birthday yeah. is Thursday, and then I got a whole bunch of stuff to do on Friday, so I might not okay. be able to make it out there. To, uh, they want me to coach the access of the power. Yeah, and um, I might be assisting but, on that. Oh, that'd be cool. That's a little bit more incentive for me to go. So. Yeah, and I don't know um, yet for sure, but it. But if I'm not assisting, I'll probably be in the center doing assisting on something man, this week. Okay. Not that. Yeah. So I'm going to end this um, conversation with, some, uh, with something that I heard from Jerry Baden. Okay. He was, uh, I don't know if he still is, but at the time I was on team, he was the landmark form leader accountable for the team national leadership program. So he was at the weekends. And this one weekend he shared this. He said, you know, people who have integrity, they don't have a problem with integrity. Because they just, they know that they're the source of integrity. So if there's no integrity around, they just put it in and keep it moving. And so that's what's here for you is to see that, you know, to learn about investments conceptually, specifically, personally, um, applicably, because 
it's really just like putting seeds in the ground and then watering it until it grows and you can do something with it in every area of your life. And um, I want you to, well, you, you know, after this, between now and then, I want you to go through the butler thing um, and look at which one of those bright spots you'd really like to have and why. The one that calls you most and, and like, be with it, you know? Like, read it, think about it. What would it be like if your life looked like that? Like, meditate on, on it when you look at the butler um, bright spots. Which was the one that called you most of the three? Uh, what were the three? Well, avoids, fads, and quick fixes. Um, uh, focus on... Oh. Uh, yeah. Let's people confide, yeah. confide in you. Um, that's 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 a uh, sales, which is oh. probably your strong suit, <laughs> yeah. which is awesome, you know. Um, but that that's I'm pretty sure that's your uh, your strong suit. Um, let me let me pull it up for a second. I will. Uh, Pull it up in a second, yeah. And then I'm going to let you go because I know you want to go to your party and it's a little longer than we yeah. had originally thought, but sorry. You didn't talk so much in the beginning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just teasing. No, I don't mean it. All right. Always have something saved for a rainy day. Uh, understand the entire concept of investing. Stays away from fads and quick fixes. Yeah, none of those called out to me yet. Yeah, well, the title, but the description is what I would say would be it. All right, I have to go back and read them then. Yeah, if I remember correctly, it was um, stays away from fads and quick fixes. Yeah, uh, that's what I, if I, I, I seem to remember that that's where you went, you know, like that was what was called more than the other two. Yeah. Um, do you want me to read it or you do it when you're ready? No, I'll I go got back. it in front of me. All right, cool, I'll cool, go cool, back cool. and read it. Yep, no problem. I got you. I got you. I'm cool with that. All right, yo, Holmes. Uh, anything you want to say in completion? No, I just, I'm glad uh, we finally got to talk again. Yeah. Yeah, what was it, two weeks or three? I don't know, man. Yeah, it might have been three. Okay. All right, let me let you go. Yep. Talk to you later. All right. All right. Yeah, man, later. Bye. Right. Yeah. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.